0: everyone we are Barb and gary ames in case you don't know us and we're members of church of the red door we just wanted to check in and say hi and i especially want to say hi to my bible study ladies i miss you a lot
1: we're back on bainbridge island near seattle and we're excited because we just yesterday got our first haircut in three months greetings everyone bye Well, thank you, Randy, and good morning, Church at the Red Door. I tell you what, I have got, we, I should say, I've got uh, one of the more exciting mornings that I remember in a while. I have been just chomping at the bit to get this going. Uh, This last week, uh, actually a couple weeks ago, I had um, Sherry and Jim Smith. Sherry gave me a call. We were just, actually, I gave her a call, and we were talking, and she said, we had the most extraordinary experience on Mother's Day with uh, our close friends, uh, the hindies and you just can't believe the story. And she began to describe the story to me, and you know how stories are. It, you get a little detail here, and then your your mind is over here, and you're trying to place where she's talking about and, and all that. And she gave me this story that I said, well, send me, is there any way I get a copy of that? They gave their testimony at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, where the Smiths are from a uh, uh, Smiths are an integral part of church at the Red Door. Uh, known them for a long time. Uh, members over at the Vintage Club. Many of our folks come from over there. And uh, and she said, you just have to hear this story. So I asked her, and she sent me the she sent it to me. I didn't see it for a, a few days, and then I watched it, and I was just overcome, and it, and it hit me, and I just really felt like the Lord wanted us to to share with you this morning uh, their story. And why? Well, if you remember, we started last week in our study. We're going to go through Psalm 93 through Psalm 99. Uh, many in the Jewish community feel felt that this was a messianic prophecy of sorts and a, a picture of the coming Messiah one day. That was part of Jewish tradition, that these six psalms would be there. And last week we looked at, in a somewhat abstract way, we talked about the golden triangle that Oz Guinness had labeled Uh, The Golden Triangle about how, you know, we talked about freedom and virtue and faith and how God reigns in the earth. And if you'll remember Psalm 93, the very first verse, we looked here and it says, the Lord reigns, he's clothed with majesty. We've been wanting to look at the very characteristics of God, especially during this time. Sometimes it really helps just to focus on God and his character. It says, the Lord was clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And I said, look, in a time of absolute turbulence, in a time where it feels like the pounding waves of secularism and and philosophies and speculations about the existence or non-existence of God, as those kind of crush in on us, and and the church sometimes feels marginalized. I know uh, our inability to meet now has been so challenged, and we just feel so marginalized in many different ways in our culture, and and yet, and yet, God is faithful, He's loving, He's merciful, and so I, and when Sherry sent this to me, and I and I watched Nina and Ed, and, and then their as you'll see, uh, new son in the family, as you see their story, uh, it just hit me and the Lord said, I want you to share a story of how I'm girded in strength, how I rule and reign even now uh, in individual people's life, not just in political philosophies or, or grand speculative, abstract, more abstract kinds of ways, but in very personal ways. How I rule and reign in people's lives. So I first asked Nina if she wouldn't mind just in a little introduction introducing her testimony, if you will, and her story. And uh, so this is Nina. Uh, she's been to church at the Red Door, and this is her little introduction.
0: Greetings from Houston, Texas. My name is Nina Hindi, and my husband and I have visited your fellowship with our friends Jim and Cherry Smith. And today, I bring you a story of God's phenomenal mercy, love, and faithfulness in my own life.
1: Okay, Nina, you've set us up, so I'm uh, really excited about your story and its demonstration of the very majesty of God.
2: The Tarrant County junior livestock show and our group of kids have steers. My name's Kyle Polson, 48 years old, lived in Houston till the early 80s and moved uh, out to Belleville, Texas, just a little bit west of Houston. Fort Worth was a really good fit for me and I decided to stay in Fort Worth and had a job opportunity so I've been in Fort Worth since 1990. It was important for me to get Jackson involved. We live in West Fort Worth, a little bit of a bubble. It's exposing him to kind of more of a real world, and uh, it is like a job. He's getting up at six o'clock and doing stuff that other kids are maybe on their Xbox and playing Fortnite or something, and he's shoveling manure and kind of getting drug around a little bit.
0: Kyle is just the most selfless person I've ever met. He puts everyone before him. He'd give you the shirt off the back and I know you hear that a lot but that is a really true statement. I think that if there are one or two things that most people in Fort Worth know Kyle for, it is his amazing devotion to his children.
2: My dad is one of the most fun people in the entire world.
0: He always pushes me to do my best, always finding more opportunities for me to be better.
2: My parents were uh, great faith and uh, big believers and they instilled that in my sister and I at an early age. I bet when I was Eight or nine, I knew I was adopted or kind of understood the concept of being adopted. I never felt like it was I was different. I actually kind of felt special. This family took me, they wanted me. I really believe that um, when I was adopted, God put me with the perfect family. Maybe everyone thinks they've got the perfect family, but I really believe it. My dad was unbelievable, great man, morals and ethics, and just taught me kind of what, I mean, he's my hero. He was and always will be and my mom was just always there, sporting events, we were at church every Sunday, home cooked meals, you just kinda think it's the Cleavers. My dad passed away in 1995, which was really tough on me, that was a year after, one year after uh, I got out of school. My mom was a diabetic and uh, had a lot of health problems, so I had the unbelievable parents, unbelievable childhood, but when she passed away in November of 16, she had always encouraged me to try to go find my birth mother. So I started um, in probably February of 2017, and I contacted Depelchin, is where I was adopted. I had to fill out several questionnaires, and they'd pull some records, and kind of in a quick way, they just said, listen, we're, this is a closed file. Uh, we're sorry, uh, we like to help you, but we can't. We protect the birth mothers. So, right, right, you've got to respect that. She said, but if you want to, you can contact the court system. That's the next step in Texas, that's your last step. And so at that point, I was literally thought this was it. And then I just happened to look at the judge's name, contacted my wife's godmother, and she, was, she worked for uh, Judge Ted Poe, knew a lot of the judges in Houston. I said, hey, do you happen to know this judge? She goes, I do know the judge. I know his cousin, and let me make some calls. This is about eight o'clock. Well, she texts someone and they call, and she called back with great news and said, judge is gonna open your file. So at that point, I was thinking, you know, I've got I still got a chance. My son goes to school with a kid and his mother's a private investigator. I said, hey, can we go to lunch? I'd like to visit with you. I'm trying to track down my birth mother and here's these records I've found. This is the DePelchin records, which are all whited out. Here's the court records, which I'm kind of at a dead end. And I said, is there anything you can do? And she kind of smiled and said, yeah, I can. I'll work on this. And literally in a couple hours, October 30th, at 5.03, she calls me and says, Nina Hindi's your mother.
0: I'm Nina Hindi and I'm married to Ed, and we own the Taste of Texas Restaurant. We've been open 42 years, love what we do. We have three children and 11 grandchildren. When I was 17 years old, I surrendered a child to adoption. Very young, uh, afraid, uh, but knew from the very start uh, what my choice would be, and that choice was life. And on June the 2nd, I delivered a beautiful baby boy. And the process was harsh then uh, because it it was very closed. Uh, we're, I was not allowed to know anything. The only thing I had was the ability to pray. And I was just
2: like, wow, this emotion. I know who it is. She's alive. I immediately got online and, and, and once you have someone's name, there's, you can find a lot of stuff, especially someone like, like Nina, who's just a great person doing so much for the community that you could just see this unbelievable person, this great life she's got. She had this unbelievable husband. She's got this great family. She's in Houston, just being an awesome person. And so the emotion on October 30th, going forward was just unbelievable.
0: I I met my precious husband, and on our second date, I realized he was an amazing guy. And so we went to dinner. And um, we sat at the table and I said, okay, this might be the deal breaker, but I want you to know who I am.
1: And I just struck me. It just, I stopped in my tracks and took a deep breath. And I said, there is a woman of moral conviction, of incredible character and strength and courage and self-reliance that she would act on, not out of convenience. She would act on, on this and take the tougher road and give this child a chance at life and then say, this is part of my life, because I made that. And I thought, that is the woman I want to be married to. I was assuming and guessed that
2: I was probably some secret. No one knew about me. And so how could I reach out to her without upsetting her life? I didn't want to be the grenade that comes in at age 48. Um, and destroy her life or or do anything to, to harm her. So for the next couple months, I start writing
0: a letter. I think the letter had a full 25 drafts. He really knew he had one chance to get it right, to present it correctly to her, to make her feel comfortable. I walked into the kitchen and Ed had gotten the mail and there was a letter on the top of the mail that said personal and confidential. And I opened the letter and it said, my name is Kyle Polson and I believe you're my birth mother. Oh,
2: my goodness. I get a telephone call and I've got her number saved and it's Nina. Heart's about coming out of my chest. And she said, I've been looking for you for 48 years. And I'm just very emotional talking to your mother for the first time at age 48, but it was was unbelievable. We kind of talked about a plan, and we started texting from that day forward, and I'm, then I started thinking, where are we gonna have this reunion? This is where we had our first reunion. Ed dropped her off. She was kind of sending me text. I'm getting close, here I am. She's here, she says, I'm here, I'm coming up the elevator, and then she came off the elevator. I was sitting right here looking at the elevators, and she rounded the corner, and the, the whole emotion of, uh, Seeing your mom for the first time in person was uh, was pretty amazing. It was like
0: like he'd always been there. It was as natural and normal, and to get to tell him the things that I had prayed for him for his entire life.
2: I don't know how you can feel love so quick, shouldn't have to say it, but you feel the love, it's, it's real in Both of them have just been all in, and you're part of the family, this is is what we're doing. And
0: you'd think that would take some time, and it's instant. Kyle grew up right here. All along, God had him in my heart, but he also had him right here. So Kyle went to beach retreat at Second Baptist Church.
2: Oddly enough, in middle school, I would go to the Second Baptist speech retreat, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And it was a very spiritual thing. We'd go on the beach uh, and have this quiet time and pray. And Dr. Young said, I want you to ask God to be your savior. That was the time I really put it on the table and asked and had that feeling of,
0: man, I'm He's with me. God's behind me and He's guiding my ship. Every time I would think about him, I would pray, God, if it's ever your will for us to reunite, God, let that be, please. That is the desire of my heart. And you know, he tells us, I will give you the desires of your heart.
2: Dear Mrs. Hendy, please know that I realize from the very bottom of my heart what a shock this letter must be.
0: Please know that I have spent years considering the best way to reach out to you and delivered this letter fully understanding the significance and the impact on both of our lives.
2: I originally started writing this note on June 2nd, my 48th birthday, as I reflected on the extraordinary gift you gave me. I am certain adoption was a painful decision but I want you to know
0: everything worked out exactly as God planned. You made the ultimate selfless decision and you gave me the chance for an amazing life. My parents, Mary Jo and Knut Poulson, were simply exceptional. They were incredible and nurturing and the most loving parents I have ever witnessed. What a blessing that they were mine.
2: I have no doubt I am the most fortunate adopted person ever
0: and cannot imagine anyone having had a better childhood than me. They were devoted Christians and the faith that they taught me helped me form the family that we are and it got us through the highs and lows of life. Unfortunately, they are both gone now and have been reunited with each other, with Christ in heaven. She and my dad lived their life entirely, completely in love with each other, with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
2: On my birthday, every year my mom would cry and tell me one of her greatest wishes was the for the selfless woman who gave birth to me to see how I turned out.
1: It is my honor and pleasure for you to meet and hear from my precious wife, Nina, and our son, Kyle, who's here with his Fort Worth family. Please come up.
2: Do you have an extra handkerchief for me? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day weekend. There are no words that I can say that adequately describe my feelings right now, but here are a few as I try my best. The first word is awe. I am in complete awe of God's grace. I would never have dreamed of a world where I would one day not only find my birth mom, the amazing Nina Hindi, but find such love and acceptance and family immediately. Although we were only reunited 135 days ago, I'm convinced she has walked beside, my, beside me my entire life. We have a lot in common. My friends and family would, would be the first to tell you that I, I too can't sit still. The to-do, li- to-do list are long. If you're going to do something right, if you're going to do something, do it right. Go big or go home. And lazy is not in the playbook. They would also tell you that family and faith comes first for me always. They would probably tell you that I have a deep appreciation for Texas history, the come and take it flag, our amazing military and servicemen, the gift of living in the best state in the best country in the world. You might say there is no question I'm definitely Nina's child. I am awed by her and Ed and their faith, their love for each other and their love for family and their love for their friends. I'm in awe of Nina Hindi for her courage in stepping out so boldly to tell her story, our story, as one of life, joy, and restoration. I am truly filled with awe that God has brought us together today, here, in this church, as we tell that story. I'm in awe of the inexplicable number of connections between my, my life and Nina's over the last 48 years. My godparents and closest family friends have been members of Second Baptist since 1979, and I was here several times with them as a kid. I went to beach retreat in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. When we lived in Houston, we lived in Briar Grove Park. I lived less than one mile from the taste of Texas. My family had dinner several times at Nina's Restaurant. Ed and my godfather were men's prayer team members for 25 years. My sweet mom had an incredible group of friends, many here today, that also knew Nina through Second Baptist Bible studies and other charity work. In fact, one of those mutual friends, who's been Nina's Bible study for 25 years, actually went with my mom to Alabama in the early 90s as my mom searched for her own birth mother as she too was adopted. I grew up working in my dad's sale barn near Belleville where Ed Nina once came to a sale. I have no doubt I was working cattle in the back that same day. We recently, uh, we realized recently Nina's neighbor's mom and my mom were neighbors and friends at the Belmont Village just across the street. Recently, Nina's neighbor saw a picture of me and asked, why do you have a picture of Kyle Polson? Nina replied, well, that's my son. Aaron and I are also so grateful for our many friends in Fort Worth to make a small world even smaller, some of our closest friends there have actually known Ed and Nina for almost 20 years. I've coached her boys in baseball and football, and we raise, raise our show steers together. You can't make this up. I'm in awe of our God that weaves together the fabric of so many lives in ways we will never understand, but no, His hand is in all of this. There is really no other explanation. The second word that best describes this day for me is grateful. Tomorrow's Mother's Day, I sincerely believe I had the greatest mom and dad, Mary Jo and Knute Polson, for whom I am ever grateful. Many of you here today and watching live had the blessing to know them, and to know them was a gift. They were joyful, kind, down-to-earth people. They taught me and my wonderful sister, Kirsten, that faith, family, and friends were truly life's greatest joys. And what a joyful life, first Nina, then my parents have given to me. I'm a lucky man. I got to spend 44 Mother's Days with my mom before she left us on November 11th, 2016. She was kind and loving and so beautiful and truly lit up every room she ever walked into. I have no doubt heaven is shining even brighter than normal right now, as she and my dad smile down on us today. I am grateful for my wife, Erin, My kids, Grayson and Jackson, all here today. Erin has dedicated her life to our family, believing there is no greater calling than that. Thank you, Erin. Thank you, and thank you, Grayson and Jackson, for being here today and for giving me the best reason to wake up every day. Happy Mother's Day, Erin. I am grateful for Nine and Ed. Grateful to see how they live their lives, their positive impact on their friends and this community, it's it's inspiring. It makes me want to be better and do more for others. Nina and I have loved and laughed a lot over the last couple of months. Both probably relieved to find that neither one of us is living under a bridge. (laughs) Nina, what a gift to celebrate our first Mother's Day together. There are no words to express how grateful I am to know that this will be the first of many, many more to come. I'm grateful for my sister, Kirsten, Lisa, Kristen, Claudine and their families for their support and being part of this journey. I didn't have the privilege of knowing Ed Kay, but he's here with us today and I know he's proud of his mom. And finally, the third word that comes to mind is excited. I'm excited excited most for what God has in store for all of us as we navigate this this next part of our lives together. To meet and know Nina, to begin to understand her story and the extraordinary courage and her choice for life she made almost 49 years ago. And again, the extraordinary courage in her sharing her journey today is a story that will ring true and hopefully inspire and bless others far into the future. When Aaron left the letter in Nina's mailbox just a few short months ago, I would have never guessed that we'd be standing together here at Second Baptist on Mother's Day telling our story to the world. I had to be prepared that we may only meet once. I could tell her, thank you for choosing life, and then we would both go back to our lives with no one knowing, no, knowing anything more. I hoped and prayed for more, but knew the odds were small. Wow, how wrong I was. I obviously didn't know Nina Hindi then, but I would soon find out. And how grateful and excited and in awe I am of this incredible journey that God has blessed us with. Today marks it a new and beautiful day and a new and beautiful chapter, and God be all the glory. Thank you, Dr. Young, for letting us share our special story today. Happy Mother's Day.
0: I brought my Kleenex. Church family, it is good to be back in the house of the Lord. Oh my goodness, we have so missed you. We've been members of Second Baptist for 28 years and this church home has been a huge part of our lives. You have poured out overwhelming love to us um, in, in many, many ways for many years. And I love the way you have poured out to us for this reunion story. Many of you have reached out in encouragement and thank you for that. And I am so blessed by you. And my life is blessed. One of my greatest blessings is my husband, Ed, who absolutely adores me in every way. And he's just incredible. He's very intentional in his love for me and for our family, and that is such a gift as a wife and as mother. We've been married for 45 years, and we have four amazing kids and 11 grandchildren. We opened our Taste of Texas restaurant 42 years ago, and our family was literally raised in the Taste of Texas, in the building, kind of like the family farm. Um, when our three-year-old daughter would get out of preschool, she'd spend her days at the restaurant, and she spent her days with her bartender. We're in the restaurant business. Her name was Linda, and she loved our daughter. And so when we made our very first visit to a Baptist church, we picked up the three-year-old from Sunday school, and the teacher was standing at the door, and she looked at it and said, What do you all do? And Ed said, well, we're in the restaurant business. And the lady said, oh, that makes sense. Your three-year-old made margaritas for the entire three-year-old Sunday school (laughs) class. At that point, we moved the three-year-old upstairs to the administrator. Now we have our third generation of Hindis working at the Taste of Texas. But tonight I want to tell you about three moms that have made an incredible impact in my life. First was my own mom, Jean Johnson. She was orphaned at age eight during the Great Depression and she grew up at the Fowler Orphanage in Dallas, Texas. Never adopted. She, was, uh, she claimed she was five feet tall. No, she was not. She was four foot ten at best. But she was powerful in her life, in her faith, in her love, in her, in her strength of conviction. Do not ever try to change her mind. I talked back to my mom once, once. She would call me every morning and ask, how can I pray for you today? Today, I use that with my own family. She was a woman of strength, and she is with me today. The next mom is my mother-in-law, Ann Hindi. She loved me so unconditionally, and she was truly one of my best friends. Anne was always willing to help me with any project that I had going, like deep-cleaning the restaurant on a Saturday morning, or decorating for Christmas, or teaching me how to put up peach preserves or pickles she, too, had grown up in the Depression, and relationships were everything to her. She loved her family and was patient and loving with every single one of us, including Ed's dad, Al Hindi, uh, who he was a real character. They would come to visit uh, Second Baptist with us, and one Sunday, to our surprise, Al Hindi answered the invitation, got up out of his seat, and walked the aisle. And the very next Sunday, he rose from his seat again and walked the aisle again. And Ed told him after counseling, Dad, you only have to do that once. And Al replied, I know. I just had another great off-color joke to tell Dr. Young because no one ever tells the pastor the good jokes. I grew up in Dallas in a wonderful, yet very imperfect family. My parents knew and loved the Lord and they were prayer warriors. I was active in my church and I loved my youth group. Just after Christmas, my junior year, while in a relationship with my high school sweetheart, I realized I was pregnant. Oh my. Absolutely not acceptable for this 17-year-old daughter of a fairly prominent family to be pregnant at that time in our society. I was standing under the pecan tree outside of our front door of our home when I made a decision that would impact my life in ways I could never even imagine. I was going to have this baby. The alternative was not acceptable. After explaining the situation to my family and my decision, my mother replied that God would honor this decision not to turn my mistake into a tragedy. So I moved to Houston to live with my amazing brother, Dan, and his brand new wife, Joycelyn. Dan was a senior at Rice University and brand newly married, and so here comes his pregnant younger sister to live with them and attend school at the Florence Crittenton Home for Unwed Mothers. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. And it has always been my life first. I was born with a lot of energy and being still has never been easy for me but from January to June of 1971, I had a lot of time to be still. My Crittenton classes contained counseling on what adoption meant for me going forward, including those sealed court records forever, and how detrimental it would be to my child if I ever attempted to find or contact him. Crittenton was a Christian organization and my favorite counselor told me as I sat in her office and sobbed one day to pray without ceasing. If it was God's will for me to know my child, no court would ever stop it. She affirmed over and over again that God would bless my decision to choose life and I should never stop praying For my baby. And so I prayed for 48 years. I prayed first for him to be healthy, both physically and spiritually. I prayed for him to know the love of the Lord and for him to find joy in his life. I prayed for God to choose an adoptive family that would love him the way he deserved to be loved. I prayed for his wife, from the day he was born and for his children, should he ever have children. I prayed for him to know how much I loved him and for one day for us to be reunited. I prayed for him not to live under a bridge. On the morning of June the 2nd, 1971, at Memorial Herman Hospital in Houston, Texas, I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, seven pounds, one ounce, 20 and a half inches long. My prayer number one was answered. Adoption rules were very strict and I had been told I would not be allowed to see him or ever to hold him. But God sent a compassionate nurse who placed him in my arms, smiled at me, winked at me, and said she was needed at the desk. I got to hold my baby for 20 precious minutes to share with him my love, my prayers, my hopes, and my dreams for his life. I have probably thanked God for her compassion a thousand times. When she returned and took him from my arms, I told my precious baby goodbye, not knowing if I would ever see him again. And with strength that comes only from the Lord, I surrendered him with perfect peace, knowing that God is in control was in control and believing that God would give him a life that I could not give him. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I never regretted the hardest decision of my life because it really defined my life. It caused me to treasure every moment with my children and it made me a much better mom. I have never taken my children's abundant love for me for granted. Proverbs 31 says, her children will arise and call her blessed. First John 3:4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. We lost our son Ed ten years ago in a skiing accident and God continues to heal our family and richly bless us all. The power of prayer is truly phenomenal. A few years ago, Dr. Young preached a sermon about being disciplined in our prayer life, and I decided to try to put it in practice. I pray in order, which makes sense to all of you left-brain people who have a system for everything. I start with praise for what the Lord has done, thanking Him for His incredible blessings. I ask God to search me, to know me, and to find any unclean way in me. I pray for our children in order. I thank God for my husband and his love for me. I pray for the grandchildren. I pray for the baby that I surrendered 48 years ago. God, if it is your will, let us be reunited. This past Thanksgiving, we had a joyous family time, and I felt my spirit quickening, anticipating a blessing. I thought it was the Christmas decorations at the Taste of Texas. I was anticipating with joy. But God was preparing me for an incredible gift, a, an incredible blessing. The next week, as I prayed, the baby kept coming to mind over and over. So I'd pray, and out of the blue, the baby would come to mind again. As I prayed, um, One morning on my way to work, I called my brother that I'd lived with 48 years before. I called my brother and I said, thank you. Thank you for what you did for me 48 years ago. Just out of the blue. The following week, on December the 16th, at 7.10 in the morning, I walked into my kitchen And there was a letter marked personal and confidential. And I opened the letter and it said, Dear Mrs. Hindi, my name is Kyle Poulson and I believe you're my birth mother. I told you there were three mothers that have made a tremendous impact in my life. My mom, Ed's mom, And it turns out with God's great faithfulness, Kyle's mom, Mary Jo Polson, wow. She was a phenomenal woman. I have been blessed by her precious friends reaching out to me to tell me Mary Jo's stories. She had an amazing faith and was involved with community Bible study She was stunningly beautiful, both inside and out. Incredibly loving, gracious, kind, and hilarious. She brought joy wherever she went, and she was adored by her family and friends. She served her community tirelessly. And she raised an amazing daughter, Kirsten, and son, Kyle. I never met her but I would have loved to have had the opportunity to thank her for all she did. God answered my prayers through Mary Jo and Canute as they provided for Kyle, the love, the family, and the life that I had prayed for him so earnestly for so many years. In the last years of her life, she encouraged Kyle to go and find his birth mother, so she could see what kind of a man he grew to be. Even in her absence, she blesses me daily. And now I can see clearly how God was moving to answer all of those prayers. Kyle was raised a mile from the Taste of Texas, attended Second Baptist Beach Retreat, accepted Christ there, attended St. Francis Episcopal school, playing on sports teams with close friends of ours, countless intertwined family and friends that are unbelievable blessings in our life. God is so good. There are many, many miracles in the midst of our reunion story, and God continues to remind us that He is the center of all of this. Even today, as we are here socially distanced, and trying to figure out what life is going to look like. We're not all that different from the scared 17-year-old 48 years ago. It's almost unbelievable and seemingly impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. I could have never imagined how this would turn out, but I do know one thing, God is enough for all of our needs. He loves me and he loves you. He forgives me and he forgives you. He delights in restoring us and answering our prayers and showing us the intricacies of life. God is in the restoration business. When we pray in earnest, we can't see God's timetable. We must trust in his goodness and believe that his will is perfect. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12 says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Nina Johnson-Nindy, Kyle Knute-Polson, Second Baptist family, plans to prosper you not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Well, if you're anything like me, uh, you've, you've gone through a few tissues as it, with this story. Uh, isn't this an incredible, overwhelming story about the faithfulness of God? I, it, it's done a couple of things for me that I just wanted to close this morning with. I tell, I tell you the first thing that it does is it gives me confidence to keep praying. You know, sometimes we feel like, well, I prayed that prayer for a year and he never answered it. Or I, I prayed that Nina prayed for 48 years. And God was operating behind the scenes in ways she could never have fathomed, in, in, in ways that were above and beyond anything she could have imagined, and with her son as well. And so that's what really strikes me. But just the providence of God's reign in our lives has been so profound as I watch this incredible story. And this is what I want to leave you with this morning. Uh, Look, God is no respecter of persons. If he can do it in the lives of the biblical patriarchs, if he can do it in their lives, he'll do it in our lives. If he can do it in Houston, Texas or Fort Worth, as we see in the Hindi's conversation about their interaction with a faithful and loving God, he can do it in yours. So let me just close in prayer, and and I hope you have had an extraordinary morning, and uh, we are just so, again, so challenged not to be with you, but let me tell you something, God still reigns, God still is majestic in ways that we couldn't possibly fathom. Father, I thank you for this morning, I thank you for the message uh, that you've shared with us today, just an extraordinary message. Uh, I thank you for the testimony of faithfulness uh, that you have given us through through this story. Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, I pray blessings over our, our people at Church at the Red Door, wherever they may find themselves this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you will deeply touch them, let them know that many of the prayers they're praying, you hear every prayer, and you are already acting on their behalf, whether or not it takes uh, a year or a month or 48 years You have a plan, Lord. Help us understand your sovereign reign in the earth. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, we'll, uh, God willing, see you back here here again next week and and have a great and wonderful week. And know, again, uh, we love you. We hate the distance, but we love you.